Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Off to the great white north. Mm-mm. Yeah. That would be the song Anthem by the mighty band Rush. Uh, Nick, what album is that off of? That is off of Fly By Night. That was the first album that the beloved Neil Peart performed on. That's actually the first track on the first album. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to You Should Check It Out. It's a little bit of a special edition this week. Uh, my name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And last week, unfortunately, as, as most of you have probably heard, uh, we lost the great drummer of the band Rush, Neil Peart. I won't try to evangelize on him too much because we just happen to have an in-house resident expert on, uh, on Neil Peart. I, I will say that when I first met uh, Nick Klein, my co-host here, one of the first bands that he tried to get me into and one of the first drummers that he, he tried to introduce me to was Neil Peart. And uh, so I thought uh, for this episode, we would um, kind of hand the mic over to, over to Nick a little bit and, and let him tell the story of Neil and, and what he means to him and what he meant to, to music in general. So, Thanks, man. Hit it, Nick. Yeah, thank you very much. And I'm still working on trying to get you sold on, on Rush, I think. But mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, I, this might help. No, and, and honestly, no I, 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 I really enjoy him. I just, I've never gone on a deep dive in Rush, so I'm just not as well versed as you guys. That's yeah. all. Yeah, and and it was, um, I was thinking about it, especially when I found out. I was actually in like a, a pretty hectic meeting, or not hectic, but I was in a meeting and we were talking about stuff, yeah. and then I saw this news, and it just totally took precedence over yeah. <laughs> over whatever the heck we were talking yeah. about in that meeting. I was like, yeah, whoa. And everybody was like, "What? What's wrong?" It's like Neil yeah. Neil Peart just this died. Is... Holy crap! I just kind of got up and walked around for a few minutes, just <laughs> meeting pause real quick. Um, yeah. Oh, same for man. me, man. I was in the middle of a very busy, busy day, busy week, and then you texted me out of the blue, and I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah no idea was, there was anything. He was a pretty, pretty p- private dude. Um, you know, kept yeah. his personal life to himself, and. But apparently he's been been battling uh, brain cancer for the past two and a half years, and 
didn't really tell anybody. Um, I mean, uh, the band knew, obviously, and um, uh, which actually kind of, in retrospect, I, I really wish that the fans knew so they could have kind of possibly had like an outpouring of love and and and, and gratitude but um yeah but that's just not his style he doesn't he didn't want any of that i think he just wanted to kind of spend that time how he wanted to but the the, the very first thing i remember about music really was kind of being introduced to rush and and today actually i texted my dad and just said hey we're doing this episode tonight what what song do you want me to play um oh, and, he, and he said oh. anthem which All is right. one one we kicked off at the beginning um nice so, that's great yeah. yeah, this is um, this is this was, and the other thing that that which is not really about him, but there's this weird part of me that I realized I always thought I'd get a chance to meet him. I really did. Really? I really oh. thought I'd get a chance oh, to man. meet the guy. So mm-hmm. it's oh, that's making me tear up a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, no, sorry. it's yeah. it's it's tough. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. It was tough news. I mean, you guys, it sounded like you guys were middle of a hectic work week i was actually on the opposite end of the spectrum like in mexico on vacation <laughs> but it's still it was a buzzkill man you know i was like Dude, yeah. oh, i'm sorry man. man you had to put down your pina colada yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. a second i was like wow bummer <laughs> oh uh, yeah another margarita got sun on the other, no, but other I mean, side of your body uh, but it is a real bummer dude you know I've, i mean i somebody s- said um in a post i don't know why but i feel like it, i've lost someone i've known my entire life yeah, you know, and it's yeah. you know he he totally. he really transcended through the he got his message across, and to those of us that he really inspired, which is like millions and millions of people. Um, so many bands we listen to, so much oh, music yeah. we listen to, and just so many bands. I mean, like if you ever see like Rush in Rio DVD, like it's oh, insane, man. Like the, it's like <laughs> it a wave crazy. of people. around the world. Yeah, around all world, of Brazil yeah. came out for that show. That was yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, there's a lot. A feels that I had, despite you know, you know, despite ordering another margarita right after, found out. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, you know. hey, you gotta mourn in your own way, buddy. That's fine. Um, so yeah. So, so how I, do you want to set this up, Nick? How, how do you want to handle it? Well, hey, I, I, there's this, the stage is yours. I appreciate that. Yeah, there, there's there's two big elements that Neil Peart brought to the band and also kind of just to the drumming world in general. And the first was his his approach to drumming, right, which has been is now commonplace, but he was, he brought a level of technical sophistication to his craft that yeah. had existed, but he, he just took it to another level. The, the amount of time and effort that he would put into coming up with a, with the right drum part, as he would say it, yeah. um, n- not a drum part, but the right drum part for the song. Just the amount of time and energy and, and effort and thought, really, that he would put into it um, was... Uh, I mean, Rush came about. They wanted to be Zeppelin, right? That was kind of what they were going for in their in their first album. Um, and sure. uh, they had had a drummer uh, named John Rutsey, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And Peart had uh, basically they they all grew up in Canada, and he fell in love with drums at a very young age, and found a teacher that he just absorbed absolutely everything he possibly could from this guy. The guy retired when he was like 15 and, and I've mm-hmm. seen, you know, notes about like, I, th- I think I just exhausted the guy is what, is what he's he kind of tongue in cheek, but his well, the guy was just insatiable, insatiable much for learning yes. and knowledge. Yes, yeah. absolutely. hundred percent. Just a, a thinker. And he was really, he's like the most empathetic nerd. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like he had like this it. huge heart. 
uh, yeah. but was so, yes, was such a thinker and just absorbed so much that quickly, I think actually quickly upon joining the band, started writing lyrics for, for Getty, uh, just as an yeah. idea, like, and Getty was open to it, so he pretty much did that through the whole career. I think there's like one song that they put out that he did not write the lyrics for. Is that um, right? Yeah. It was off of Fly By Night. And he did a really great job with those lyrics, man. I mean, and I think that, yeah. well, I, th- I think that he, he wanted to bring a wider scope to the, to the bands. Um, like, you know, you got maybe kind of create a world, Yeah. you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and with, with the words yeah. and, um, yeah, I know he was he was basing some of the early stuff. I think 2112, isn't that based off of the book Anthem by Ayn, Ayn Rand? He's definitely a big Iron Man yeah. fan. He, he was early on, early on, and then, and then he kind of then yeah, and then he kind of got in his thirties and was like, all right, you know, enough. Of well, this. even still, just like the, <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> politics aside or whatever, like the philosophy, I think was what I think probably interested yeah. him. Um, Absolutely, you know, and uh, yeah. and he, I, I appreciate that he was able to like take these stories and bring them into the music and you know really carve out like this part of progressive rock that really needed to be there you know the sort mm-hmm. of the yeah. sci-fi yeah hard rocking concept, concept stuff yeah. yeah and they they were you know i mean rush is such a special band like because they were the th- it was pr- almost the entire career of how long was their career like 40 years at least for 45 40 plus, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, it was the same three guys just a power trio that played for 40 power trio, years man, man. that's Amazing. and that's a thing i I, that's one thing I remember also as a very young kid was was uh, was my dad saying, "Listen to this. This is just three guys. Yeah. Like there's only three, and they're they're doing they do this live. Yeah. I mean this is you know Getty's playing keyboards with his feet and bass, yeah, and then he's also hitting the keyboard when with his right hand yeah. when he's and just you know doing the frets on the ah and yeah. Neil's got drums everywhere and he's using all of them. Right. Um, yeah. I'll say ahead. just because we've we've mentioned the whole tribute band concept in mm-hmm. a bunch of recent episodes. I, I just want to say that in the early days of nonfiction, that the tribute hmm. band to the Black Crows that I had, we got a chance to play with this tribute band to Rush. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Called Crush. Yep. Yes. And, you know, when you hear that there's a tribute band to Rush, you got, I mean, the first thing that went through my mind was these, these have got to be three of the ballsiest guys on the planet. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. I mean, you got to be kidding me! You're gonna get up there and play this type of music. Not to mention a, sing a in it. front of yeah, sing it. Yeah. How are you gonna sing it? How are you gonna represent Neil Peart? How are you gonna play bass synthesizer with your feet? Right. I mean, just the level of musicianship that Rush yeah. uh, displayed. The the fact that anybody wanted to try to take that on. But I will say, for Crush's part, they do. Oh, a great they job. were incredible, they were man. man. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah they, they were so. They were good. definitely <laughs> like worth yeah. uh, you know for if you were a Rush fan. You know, you would you would appreciate it without a doubt. Yeah, definitely check them out. Yep, definitely check them out. I, I, um, I, disclaimer: I don't think they're playing anymore. But uh, they, it, was, oh. it, was, it was called K Rush, though. I think like K and then Rush. K Rush. I, I I felt like K-Rush. they would. It looked like when you read it. It's like, anyway. Yeah, but the, it's it's a ballsy tribute <laughs> to 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 take on. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah. back to the lyrics tip, Nick. I, I would say. You know, I always respected Neil Peart's lyrics a lot, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't really like a lot of progressive rock lyrics. Sure. You know, I really thought that uh, he came at it from a little bit more of a, a little bit more intellectual, less hokey. Uh, oh, angle. totally. I yeah. really appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, and and he and he would also he would he would make a conscious decision to kind of abstract it if it seemed like it was too it was too sure. hokey. It's funny. So he put out a. 
a video series, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but he put out a video series in the late 90s called A Work in Progress, and, he, and the first part <laughs> of it, he's kind of just intro, introducing himself, and um, and he's talking about the first time he met Getty and Alex, and and he said he, that they, they, they kind of just, you know, they sat around and talked and, and talked about Mighty Python uh, and Tolkien <laughs> for uh, about two hours, and then he realized, oh, these are kindred spirits, and and, that, <laughs> and I had forgotten that part, but it, it did just for me it was like man this guy was such a sweet nerd just yeah. just such a thinker and 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 actually jay why don't we go ahead to that to that point why don't we queue up xanadu um greg what album is this off of farewell to kings i believe right 77 yeah so this is this is when they were wearing the long capes mm. on stage ah. which i still don't get but whatever <laughs> it worked it was late seven it, it pretty much is if you've seen spinal tap i'm pretty sure this is one of their fi- when they're yeah. when they're doing their Stonehenge phase. Right. I'm pretty sure it's making fun of Russia's Farewell to Kings tour. That, um, that would make sense. But this is a great song. <laughs> Thank you very I had much. To let the, I had to let that play out to get that sweet little, very Neil yeah. Peerty uh, yep. drum. All the way down the road, Tom's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I realized that I picked a clip that didn't have any of the lyrics in it, but that, yeah, that's one of his so- That's one of the, the songs that he weaves the story that I think came from, I don't know, Chinese myths or something like that. <laughs> Just the lost okay. city of Xanadu. And again, uh, indulge us fans or listeners or whomever uh, it's it, it, it is admittedly um some nerdy stuff but uh, so good the so music good. is great and, and my child I, I mean I, yeah. I i really think that uh that the music transcends that because i i will say that not to bring up k-rush again but at that show you know they were they were coming on before us as a black crows tribute band in the middle of the suburb in baltimore i can't there were definitely a bunch of rush fans there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the rest of the people that were there, I mean, 
probably couldn't have given two craps about Rush at all. Right. <laughs> but the quality, what, when you witness that music live, yeah. mm-hmm. there's you can't ignore it. No, you know? and I, I, I no. mean, I, I remember seeing them, uh, I, I think I saw them twice, both at like uh, Pavilion, Nissan Pavilion or Jiffy Lube what, Live or whatever it's called mm-hmm. in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there were a lot of Rush fans there. It was kind of like, uh, <laughs> similar to like when I saw Fish. It's like a cult following, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, man, they got they, their live chops. Uh, I remember seeing a, a documentary where they talked about how they got on the Fly by Night tour. They were opening for Kiss, mm-hmm. and really, yeah, and they were like, <laughs> Kiss was such an amazing live band, especially at that time. That we yeah. were like sitting there just taking notes on like how to make our show, <laughs> how to perform, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. to elevate our show to. A, I mean, you know, we're never gonna be Kiss, but. You know, as far as like that kind of circus but can act, we borrow some of the stagecraft. Yeah, yeah, like what are absolutely. they doing right? You know, and uh, I think that if they hadn't had that gig, they may not have lasted as long as they did as a touring act. Because I think you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. clearly they were nerds, not necessarily thinking about the entertainment factor. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I could be wrong, but. I, th- I think that it, well, no, yeah. they clearly embraced. They they certainly learned stagecraft. Yes, that's for exactly. sure. I mean, they yeah. they always got the big you know emblems up there. You know, the flashing lights. They got a really good stage show for th- you know for a three piece nerd rock band. Yeah, and, and I think it's pretty impressive. And they were putting out consistent live albums throughout their y- career. I think also I, true. I, yeah. I think maybe as a statement to be like, we do this live. You know, that don't think that we're just you know overdubbing everything and cheating yeah. or whatever you right. know right because um, right. I, I just remember thinking like wow there's a lot of live rush albums you know when mm-hmm. i just got when i got into them but let's get back to to neil peart he's the the focus of the, the yeah. episode nick what what about him as a drummer i mean what, yeah what? so that well that's what i wanted to talk about the um okay so again my childhood was spent in reverence of this guy um in 1994 or 93 i can't remember he he decided to participate on this with this um Buddy Rich tribute group. It was uh-huh. like this ensemble, and he was playing, and he and he realized at a certain point, like I'm kind of sick of my own style of playing, and decided that he was going to go back to having drum lessons. Now this is he's been playing with Rush <laughs> at this point for over 20 years, and he's been dr- playing drums for 30 years, and he decides I've reached the limit of what I can do on my own at this point, and what he had learned under his his first teacher, so he spends a year like he the band's ready to record another album and he said nope hold on I'm, i need to go do this thing and he went and spent a year with freddie gruber and wow. completely learned how to play drums he changed his grip and everything like compl- just a whole different thing and his purpose in doing that was he'd always known how to find where the beat was but he realized when when doing the the buddy rich stuff that he wasn't playing around the beat like like some of these other drummers that like Bruford specifically, he was. I think Bruford and Steve Gadd. He was. Oh, he was yeah. watching them, and he was like, "Wow, the way he could find, he could always find the downbeat, or could find, you know, that where to hit on the beat. But the way they would play around it, just kind of, kind of got in his craw, and he, and he, and he spent as a, as an outcome of this, um, he decided to put together a video series all about this journey that he's that he went on, and it was called a, a work in progress, and yeah. some wonderful blessed soul. Um, has posted this in its entirety on YouTube and 
God willing, it stays there. I'll definitely put it in the show description. <laughs> it's just so funny, man, because I just remember you having that as a a two VHS box yeah, set yeah, in that this was... like in this ratty old box that you had yeah. seen that you'd just take with you everywhere, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that VHS, that, man. We watched just that Just in all case the you got a VCR and I've got a few minutes to kill, I'd like to watch <laughs> some more of this if I could. That's what you have before before YouTube, kids. You know, you have to carry yeah, your VHS yeah. around. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. What's so funny about that, man, is Nick shared those videos were up on YouTube, and I, I was just watching a little bit of it, and I was thinking back to when we were in high school and Nick trying to explain, you know, what this guy was and what he was about, and you're like what's so cool about this is you know you're actually they took them recording the album they they put the the backing tracks i guess all the tracks without the drums mm-hmm. and the video is just neil playing along with those the songs from their brand new album um, right right which was so cool and and i remember you telling me oh it's so cool because you get to see an in-depth view of neil playing along with these tracks however in between those tracks Neil like sits on a hill and waxes philosophical and lyrical <laughs> about you know his views on music and the world. We can just fast forward through that stuff. We can get through. You know, right. we just need to get to the next performance. Right. But right. now I'm looking back on it. And I'm like, I don't give a crap about the stinking performance. I can That's listen to that anytime. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to hear his views on music. Yeah. I want to hear his philosophy on life. Right. And I'll say I loved that part of it too at the time. That was me just trying to anticipate fair, that fair. you wouldn't <laughs> like that and selling you on just the performance part. Fair but not enough. only that, I I mean I've I I amassed you know a handful of drum videos in my time, especially in high school. And and I'll tell you what, like remember the Carter Beaufort uh, uh, video? Of course. Which was which it was an attempt to do a similar concept uh, video series, but Carter's like, hey, uh, all right, so I, I'm just going to play this, and then he just plays it, and then yeah, he's, like, he's like, you know that one right, part in Billy's where I'm going crazy on the drums? It's this like is this. how I do that. And it's just like... <laughs> he just goes <laughs> nuts. Right. Here's a close-up of my foot playing on the hi-hat. <laughs> but you learn nothing from that but neil in the spirit of like a teacher like he he'll he'll sit there and say now i used to do this and he would show in match grip where the drum was and where the cymbal was and be like but what i realized in working with freddie is and he has this whole like circle concept is all about circles yep. and yep. and is is if i place it here and it's like six inches to the right He's like, then actually it falls within the, it falls within the first, you know, half of that circle rotation. So I actually have extra momentum that I, it's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's so funny. It is the so funny. The guy just thinks, thinks so much about his craft. It's so but, great to see. But to spend 20 plus years in an extremely successful uh, a band and then to decide, well, to have the ability to swallow your pride and say, I'm going back to the drawing board and... and just in the spirit of perfecting your craft because that i mean he was just such a pure i don't know yeah, it's it yeah. absolutely and i know i'm 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 idolizing him but that's what we're here doing this time that's so what we're here for man that's what we're here for um well greg what do you take away from neil's work you got any highlights you want to share well uh yeah i mean well i'll tell you um i had a friend in high school who was well we we were sort of going through our progressive rock phase and he dug into rush i think a little bit before me we sort of worked backwards we were like dream theater joe satriani that kind of stuff metallica and then we've discovered mm-hmm. rush and I, I remember when i'd heard rush before i was like wow this like what's up with this singer this chick is just 
this chick sounds really weird. <laughs> Not realizing yeah. it was actually a guy. And then when I hit, when I figured out, oh, okay, this, a, this is a guy, and this is his sound. Okay, I just I got into the album Permanent Waves in a big way. Mm. And wow. yeah, okay. and, we, and then like in a big way, and uh, I love the song "Free Will," and but all that stuff's mm-hmm. on the you know everybody's kind of heard that stuff. We, I guess what happened is, I bought him for his birthday in high school. I bought him the VHS of a show of hands, which is a lot. Ah, yeah, you know, eighty-eight. Yeah, yep. and uh, and he, so I think like I bought it for him, but that the whole goal was that like I was going to hang out and we we're going to watch it together, <laughs> you know? Because again, mm-hmm, this right. is pre YouTube, you know, this is the only way you could do it, so. There was at one point in this live VHS uh, performance of Rush a moment where it's Neil Peart's drum solo, and he actually gave it a uh, name, the Rhythm Method. And this right after was, YYZ, yep. This was the part that like blew our minds the most. There's an audio recording too, so if we can cue that up, that'd be sick. Sure thing. Yeah, man, Dave Grohl. Dave, Dave Grohl was like he had, he had in his tribute. He said he had the hands of God. Hands of yeah. God. I like it. I could sing that solo. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Nick has the mouth of God. <laughs> no, no, no. We should post the video of Nick in you know in his basement, just oh, sitting there, yeah. just. He was playing along the entire day. Well, our buddies, our buddies over at Rock in the Suburbs, they made a good point, and I, and I was trying to be conscious of not repeating anything they had said. But I'll tell you what, you cannot not air drum to Neil Peart. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> good call. It's yeah. just totally, it just fits. Yeah, you just good luck. Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> oh, so there man. was something that when I was watching the the work in progress video on on YouTube, just skipping around to different parts, there was something that that really caught me, and and Nick. You and I have been making music together for uh, coming on 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I've, I've witnessed as a reflection of your studies of Neil Peart in your playing. And it, it's funny to hear him say things that I've, I've heard you say in different, in different ways. Oh, yeah? But um, there was this section where he's talking about uh, his quote, not quite verbatim, but one question that is often asked of Rush music is the use of odd time signatures and... Wince that comes. 
<laughs> of course, you know, only right, healed yeah. oh, right, right. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he says, really, in our case, they're entirely accidental. They just happen to be in odd times. I think that Alex and Getty just amuse themselves in making up little parts where they like the way that they feel, and then it's left up to me to figure out what they are and try to put a drum part to it. I find that I spend less time trying to actually figure time the, ri- the time signature of it out and more time just trying to figure out how it feels as a rhythmic piece of music and mm-hmm. to respond to the other players in the band. So a lot of songs might be in 6 or 5 or 12 or something, and I won't necessarily know that because I respond to the feel of it in a musically satisfying way rather than being jerky and just drawing a bar line on an odd number of notes. And I just thought that was like a really... You wouldn't think that of Neil Peart because mm-hmm. Rush is so renowned for playing in these crazy time signatures. Co- and calculated, they're, they're, yeah. So why, the drummer to come out and say, well, I don't even really know what time signature that chorus is in. You know, I mm-hmm. just... I went for the feel of it. So refreshing and so cool to me. You know, I, I yeah. really like that. And he, he approaches it in a very... What serves the music and... And in a melodic way, I like it. Yeah, big yeah, time. I genuinely don't. That's funny you say that. I genuinely, I can't imagine what, like where he's influenced me. It's funny you said like it reminded me of something I've said. I, I wouldn't have ever attributed that to to Neil Peart, but I'm sure I internalized that at a very young age. And yeah, but man, he he will be missed. What a what a special special guy. Yeah. And uh, and I really appreciate you guys. Let, uh, let me do this. This is uh, oh yeah. This is um, this is a tough it, one. This is a tough one. But um, but yeah, I think for some people, I think for some folks, they might not get the gravity of of what he meant to such a large segment of the music population. Because, like Greg said, you know, they they were kind of a cult band for such a long time, but not really a cult. I mean, it's just a special. Well, it's just it's in retrospect now. It's kind of it's like as soon as you start doing that. That thing you do when you really fall in love with a band where you start trying to find, you know, to listen to what they listen to. I mean, inevitably, you're going to, somebody's going to hit Rush, right? Uh, Right. um, And then there's a ton of bands that fall into that. But, I mean, Greg, when you were listing off the band, you know what I mean? Like Dream Theater and and, and Metallica. And and those guys all, like, are direct descendants of the Rush I could even point uh, specifically on the album Master of Puppets by Metallica. It says mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. you, Alex, Getty, and Neil. Right uh, in yeah. the thank yous, really? and and yeah. literally, huh. um, there's a part in a song called "Welcome Home Sanitarium," which goes like and it's a shout to uh-huh. Tom Sawyer. You Just know, it's Tom Sawyer. Yeah, 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 and it's, it's I mean, like really, it's hard to imagine that that correlation. If you're like a metalhead, you know, and then you hear Rush, and you might, I don't know. They might not fit. They might not be like hard enough, you know. But really, mm-hmm. Metallica. A lot of these bands are, are drawing, and they're still drawing from Rush. All these mm-hmm. bands that are trying to mm-hmm. be creative and progressive are still. It's never ending, and there's so much stuff. I mean, like how many how many records did they put out? Twenty, like yeah. fifteen or twenty yeah, records, maybe. and then pl- and then probably yeah. like six or seven live albums. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good grief! You know, that's yeah, a lot for a power trio, man. That's a lot for a power Heck trio. Yeah, it is. Yes, All right, indeed. so Nick, uh, how are we gonna? Send things off, man. Um, well, this is part. We're doing, this is a five-parter, right? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah. No, nah, just kidding. I hadn't think. I, I hadn't thought about how to end this crap. I think you know. I, I realized that I picked a lot of old songs, um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with that. The one that I want to go out on is uh, is called Cygnus X One. Uh, this is book one, The Voyage. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
Um, Nerd alert. This is from yeah. This is from uh, this is from hemispheres, I believe. There Hold we on go. One second. Uh, okay, sure. yeah, hemispheres. Hold on. Nope. <laughs> nope. Fair also, the kings. Fair kings. Shit. <laughs> Crap. Hold on a second. <laughs> you can leave this in. You can leave this yeah, part yeah. in. Yeah, that's right. Um. Cygnus, it was, they had, a, I think they had four, three or four songs total that belonged in the Cygnus suite uh, that covered many albums. Um, over multiple albums, yeah. Over multiple albums, yes. Uh, so this is Cygnus X1, um, The Voyage, which is also from A Fair Water Kings, 1977. Uh, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and end on that one. It's a fun song. Sure is. You got it. Well, this has been, uh, you should check it out. Wishing you all a happy Thursday, and, and please rest in power, Neil Peart. Uh, rest in peace, Neil Peart. Godspeed. Thank you very much. Godspeed. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.